This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Buongiorno, Tim. Ryan, are my lips moving at the same rate as the words that are coming out of my mouth? Um, yes, which oh, is weird. Refreshing. <laughs> or you're right, just weird after this film. <laughs> I've gotten used to the opposite of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And buongiorno, everyone listening. Because, well, because you're in episode 22 of Dismembering Horror. Mm. Welcome. We're going to dismember rawr. some horror today. <laughs> I don't know why I just... Rawr. Rawr. It's not for, really uh, for yourself and us, all horror fiends and fans, we're going to talk about this movie per requested by our friend Arn Battellini. Planet of the Vampires, and uh, it's, an, it's an Italian film. Yeah, it's it not, sure is. It's not an Italian. <laughs> Italian 60s film. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what... <laughs> what more could you, uh, you know, ask for here? It, right. That already starts to conjure a picture, and uh, it certainly <laughs> conjures a specific picture. Yeah. Should we get into talking about it? Is there anything you wanted to say? No. I wish I knew Italian, though. How would that have affected this film? Uh, oh, you just I, wish... I, just in general. That, that's the language <laughs> you would, want to learn the it most? It wouldn't have. Uh, no, I I just wish I knew other languages. Yeah. I learned German, uh-huh. and then I forgot it all. Uh-huh. And then there's nobody who speaks it, and so it's kind of irrelevant. Did anyway. you learn German after you threw the rock at the German man's head? Oh, my God. Maybe that's why I felt like I should learn German. <laughs> Like I had some weird obligation to him. This was a callback, that reference to our Aramentari, the blacksmith and the devil episode for you longtime listeners. <laughs> Bringing up childhood traumas. Cool. Well, we should uh, we should watch this fun Italian trailer here for Planet of the Vampires and then yeah. we'll get into it. Let's do it. Let's prepare for a landing, Brad. Okay. In a 40G gravity atmosphere, strange thing happens to man's body and mind. Barry Sullivan and Norma Bengel take you into the most fantastic science fiction adventure ever filmed. Emergency! Emergency! Conditions desperate. Little chance of survival. Help us. Mark, look! What have you got? The Galliot! Bert, get me a fix on this right now. Wes, Brad, controls. Planet of the Vampires. Harboring a form of life worse than death. Aha. Wow. Aha. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so we start off with 
our summary for the movie Uh-oh. of the week. Okay. <laughs> um, I can do that. Yeah, can you? Okay. Cool. Terrora nello spazio is what this is actually called. Terror in space. <laughs> so, okay. So we got the ship. We're in space. We got a ship. Uh, it's called the Aura, right? No. Is that the right one? Shit. I mean... Hang on, hang on, hang on. The, I'm going to get it. I'm it's all get incidental. It. No, okay. So we've got two ships. We've got the Argos and the Galiot. Okay. Yes. And we're on the... Um, they're both flying through space and they see this this uh, planet and there's a distress signal. This is important. And they go, man, we got to check out that distress signal. And so they land on the, um, on the planet, but like shit gets crazy when they're trying to land and the gravity gets too high and everybody freaks out and they land. And then when they all kind of come to, they attack each other like maniacs. And then they kind of get snapped out of it because our, our captain of the ship is like a super awesome dude. Like he's he can kind of with resist everything. Mm-hmm. So the story is: let's go. You know, we're with the we're with the Argos crew. We got to get to the Galliot because they landed elsewhere and see if they're okay. And so you know, that's kind of it, right? But the big question is. Why did they all attack each other? Like, what was going on? And when they get to the Galliot, they find that everybody's dead and that they had all killed each other. Before that, though, don't they, isn't it revealed or don't they see the people, like, people coming out of metallic graves? Not metallic graves, but graves with a metallic covering? No. That only happens after? That's after, because they buried those people. Right. I just thought, I just felt like that was revealed a lot sooner. I don't know. Well, no. Okay. This movie, it's all kind of just like, I don't know, kind of this mixes all in my so So my brain. it ultimately is alien planet, land on the planet, the something on the planet is making us die, kill each other or act very strange. There, okay. Well, That's there, kind of... There was more exposition, though, in the, like, in the, the tale, the, the the way beginning. I felt like there's more exposition as to exactly what might have been causing everything. They were like, blah, 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 the atmospheric conditions or the, the gas that's being released or, or yeah, something. there was some sort of... It was super just bullshit, like, yeah. pseudoscience <laughs> jargon nonsense. It's like they're just throwing in words that are... that don't make any sense with each other, mm-hmm. but are like, you know, quote unquote, scientific words. So yeah. there was a lot. I kind of just ignored all of that. Other than the fact that they're like saying it, you yeah. know, I, I was like, this is nonsense. It means nothing. But I don't even think it means anything to the broader story. No, it doesn't. But I guess not. <laughs> so then why am I bringing it up? I don't know. Because really, here's the sequence of events, right? Yeah. Distress signal. Let's go. Like, let's communicate with our other ship. Well, I, we I, agree yeah. we're going to land. Shit gets weird. I bring it up because from a horror movie sense, it's like what, you know, it defines the kind of zombie they are. Like what is, oh, what God, induces does it? it, you know? I guess. I feel like that's of. kind of a tenant of it's like, oh. I mean, yeah, in some zombie movies it goes 
unexplained and it's fine but you know we have a sense of it's kind of like a viral thing or if it's like through the radio waves or right. whatever yeah i guess that's kind of true there's sort of a hmm. god i this mean this one movie is vague italian yeah i mean it's it's <laughs> i think actually the fact that you just used the word zombies and the american title has the word vampires <laughs> and the italian title has neither and you know, the monster is this invisible thing that maybe comes from smoke, okay. but maybe comes from lights and maybe, you know what I mean? There's like, it, I, they're yeah. just, it's a, it is this weird casserole of fucking everything's in the pot. And I think the key ingredient to that casserole that we left out is what you just said, is that there, it's an invisible alien force that possesses deceased bodies. Right. So So that's ultimately what we figure out. That's what I was getting at too. That's what kind of zombie vampires they are, which I have a theory we'll get to as why they just up and call them vampires versus zombies. Oh, good. Cause I, I don't know what that is. It's a funny, well, okay. So that's, I think that's a good summary. Um, (laughs) My best ever. <laughs> the summary that has more, like, causes more questions. Yeah, well, I think that speaks to what this kind of film is, what this film is. Yeah. And what also speaks to that is how will we, how will we would rate this. Yeah, I thought about this. Um, Do you want me to go? Yeah. I, um, I'd say stream it under certain circumstances and conditional stream (laughs) yeah and where for me it's like this is this is i guess yeah this is my in summary of my um the summary of how how i felt about it Mm -hmm. um like where i get the appeal and it does appeal to me throughout in moments for sure because it's like captures and is so indicative of a kind of like pulp 50s sci-fi aesthetic it is you know it is very classified as a b movie yeah exactly a b movie like it's it's yeah you know the the distillation of this kind of thing so i'm going to use a comparison of the earlier film like how if the black cat is kind of a distillation of that that aesthetic of the old dark house you know um mm-hmm. 50s kind of whatever for, for like 30s 40s 50s right kind of um universal horror film this is like the sci-fi yeah whatever i said before the sci-fi pulpy 50s yeah. thing so it's just that for me this isn't i i'd be surprised and don't feel like this is the black cat of these kinds of films like we loved the black cat and it captured it was indicative of a certain thing this was too but i just i don't know i don't feel like it was as consistent as it could be as far as um what you'd want from those kinds of films it was a bit of a bit of a slog and what i say under certain circumstances this is the other big part of uh how i how i rated it this for me is like the and this is actually kind of the relationship we had with uh my friend Arn who suggested it is that this is the kind of movie you want to watch kind of like eating junk food with friends talking over it you know like doing your own mystery science theater sort of yes. 3000 over oh, or, yeah. or sort of getting caught up in the the idiosyncraticness of like the choices they make yeah like, because it is it is a bit all over the place and yeah. it's fun to kind of be like constantly be like 
whoa, what? Like, why are we over here now? And like, look at that thing that they're doing that they've done. Like, right. You know, there's weird repetition in this. And then there's total tangential nonsense. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> and, and there's some like the hokiness too, the, the B movie stuff. That's yeah. what's really, that campiness is kind of what hooks me. It's just that. So, so it's funny when we sit down oh, to watch these, it's yes. very much like, the feels you know i want to turn off the lights i really want to get into it and like we watch yeah. the film but this film isn't one of those films so much no so it like there were parts where we were able to slip into that you know that mode i'm talking about when it's just you and me watching it mm-hmm. and that was fun for that but i just feel like there's probably better movies that also have this aesthetic that are just have more of all that going on yeah which we'll talk about um as far as some of those moments that did work for us that's right you want to get into that yeah, I mean, what's what worked? Yeah, but what's your? How did you? Oh shit! It? <laughs> you <laughs> forgot. Said, you said stream it. I. You know what? I honestly feel like you should rent this. Like I would rent this. I think it's worth the rent, and we'll get into why. Um, for me. Great. I want to get I into think, why then. I think there's some, there's some importance to this movie, <laughs> as weird and nonsensical as it is. Yeah. I can see that. But I'm excited to hear what you mean by that specifically. So let's get to what worked. Cool. What worked for you? What worked for you? It worked like a charm, Smith. What worked for you? Well, can you reveal what you just meant? This off the bat? Okay. Yes. Sort of. Um, or is there something you want to Well, to it so with? here's the thing. Like, kind of what you're saying. Like, in terms of B-movies, in terms of an era of movies, and in terms of a filmmaker, I think that this this director... We should have mentioned it's Mario, Mario Bava. Bava. He's a name, Black Sunday, and... This is kind of the Dude. the divide where Tim and I aren't necessarily, like we said, you know, which he didn't profess to be, but like we aren't necessarily horror aficionados. I don't think I've necessarily seen his other films. I might have at some point. I have seen Black Sunday and I have seen the beginning of Black Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, and I've seen Robinson Crusoe on Mars. Oh yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> Um, I, that's probably it for his movies and now this one. Um, but I think all of these movies, his movies in particular, live in film history as kind of this bridge between movies like, um, Black Cat and some of the great movies of the 70s and 80s. I think he's sort of sits in this, he's this bridge of influence that maintains some of the things that really worked in the early, early films, like obviously things that he was influenced by, and then spoke to a generation of filmmakers that came up as, you know, like the, we'll get to it, but the Ridley Scotts and the Nick Reffins of the world. Those are two very different filmmakers, but there's a reason I say that. Or like, yeah, like you said, Ridley Scott's so alien in Star Wars, which we'll get into. Totally. That's the direct line to those films. Right. And so this is I think Bava is super, super influential and important. And this movie, if you dig sci fi, like you, you should watch this and you'll go, oh, I get it now. Like I get why and how this 
had an impact on the next generation of filmmakers. Yeah. So that's why I say I think it, it's worth putting the money to rent it. Okay, so maybe it's like I wouldn't want to do the search for finding a film that was, I guess, accomplishing all that, but I thought was just more engaging throughout. But you're saying it's still up there as far as accomplishing what it does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's to me, it's kind of one of those things. Like when I grew up, I didn't feel like I like my access to quote unquote like obscure or underground or like, you know, just non mainstream shit was virtually non-existent. Like it was basically my brother. If he found out about something, then I learned about it. Outside of that, I didn't know anybody who was into film. Um, I didn't know of like, I don't know, like a club or a, a, a like a old video store that had a, like people there that I could be like, what should I actually be watching? Like I didn't have that. And so I think this is one of those movies and sort of sits in that realm. They're like, had I had that, they would have been like, yo, you need to watch this. Like, if you like Star Wars, if you like Alien, you, you go watch this. And that would have influenced me as at a younger age and made me go, holy shit. In the way that like Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness did. But my brother was the one who introduced me to those. It's funny you say that because like Arn, who suggested for this for me, you know, he's a little older than me and um he was that he was one of those exact people really? that you described in my life who would like show us these things like we just watch awesome. old old Doctor Who episodes and all yeah. these you know all the early Peter Jackson yeah. splatter yeah, films. Yeah. Um, That's cool. Yeah, like I didn't discover Peter Jackson that stuff until I was God, I mean probably in my mid 20s. Mm-hmm. Like when when Netflix first became a thing that you you know you you got the mail in DVDs and you suddenly had this database of of movies, that's when I started going, holy shit, I have access now that I didn't really think I had before. And I went completely crazy. Like in a year, I watched a thousand movies, which is absurd, Mm -hmm. right? Like I was watching two to four movies a day. I was, I know I did the quick math and it would have to be that. It, it was. It was so ridiculous. But I kind of, like I was, I worked in a bar in New York City. Yeah. My whole life was like the eight hours at the bar and then coming home and watching a movie and then getting up and watching two other movies. Like that was my whole life. And then on my days off, it's New York. Like all winter, <laughs> you're just inside. Like I'd watch five movies a day. My it was I mean, I was out of my mind. I was kind of just like a shut in weirdo. Well, I like that. (laughs) I don't know. I like it. It's good as far as um, I I, my my equivalent of that. And I just am enjoying that. We have both had this hearing you is just my freshman year of film school, getting access to the library that they had there. They had a film library, Laserdiscs, DVDs, VHS. And I just would be in there for like hours. I would just do whatever baseline stupid freshman year, you know, right. classes, classwork I didn't like to do and then watch these films. Well, and this was also the time of sort of AFI making lists mm-hmm. and finally having, you know, the internet allowed you to to look those up easily. Yeah. And so I would just, I 
got every list I could that said, here are the hundred best whatevers. And to bring it back, and this I'd is- bang them through, bang through them. This is probably on the list, one of those lists of something somewhere. <laughs> oh, I'm sh- it must be, right? It's got to be. Planet of the Vampires. Kinda. Okay, so that's a long way around to say that I think, I, you know, I like this movie for what it is. Mm-hmm. It's, it doesn't mean it's like, you know, it's not a masterpiece in the sort of broader sense, but it kind of is in its own- little genre way Mm -hmm. maybe it's yeah so i do i just would hope and like to think maybe someone could suggest one that there is uh if this is also just you know that importance there that you lay down but as far as what is important to me in the immediate when watching these is the the popcorn fun of it Mm -hmm. with watching it with your friends like i said yeah and i just feel like there's another one out there that's doing this but just has a bit more elevator moments which should i clarify sure what that is as a way to get into it (laughs) wait um let me guess um you're in the elevator and um it's going up and the elevator music is happening and um uh the elevator stops and uh you know there's like another person in the elevator and damn it The elevator moment. So this is <laughs> what this does is that mean? For okay, more for what worked for for me <laughs> is uh, yeah that 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 appeal I was talking about, which is like the sleepover or adult equivalent sleepover <laughs> appeal. What are the <laughs> what are the elements in this that make it fun to like be your own MST3K? Right. Um, the elevator moment is when so there's two moments where they go to ride an elevator oh, down. Oh, 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 <laughs> and you see Oh, I know what you mean. <laughs> you, see, you see the little <laughs> See you I hear, forgot about this completely. You see a little like a little port so they walk into the <laughs> elevator, the door closes behind them except you see a little like porthole window of them facing right. outwards and it's just so clear. It's first time is this one person on their own and second time it's two people going simultaneously where the to accomplish the elevator this is a classic the movie effect. way i've never seen the effect <laughs> we just see them ducking like as if it's moving right. down literally... i mean this is like the the gag you play with your like your niece and nephew right <laughs> like you're standing behind a couch or something and you're like oh gotta take the elevator down <laughs> and you like mock press a button and just kneel down but, behind yeah, the to couch see these like totally stern faced in these films actors <laughs> just like you want to see us we got to figure out what's killing us off blah 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 take the elevator and then just it was so funny the first time but then when it was the two of them it was oh, just like... so good because so, they they're not quite in sync either, yeah. like you would be on <laughs> right. an actual but elevator. Just enough. <laughs> just like enough. they got it pretty well. I also love that the first time it happened, because the the I think this was the doctor, who's who's still under the influence of of being a crazed guy. It's early on. He's running away from the captain, and he gets through a couple of these doorways and gets to that particular door closes it turns around so he's facing the portal and then just sinks down and i it did not accomplish the intended effect at all i thought he was just being a creep you thought he was hiding he was, like yes, awkwardly yes i thought he was just being like <laughs> <laughs> it did that's that's what it looked like and then the second time it happened i was like oh, oh sweet it's an elevator <laughs> so so it's and you know what these it's this moment and then the other moments i want to say that sort of like are adding up to the, as I said, what worked for me under this kind of film fun context, but Mm -hmm. I can also put it to, who's hopefully listening, Arn, who suggested this, is I can just see him like 
laughing at these moments and saying, this is why this is the greatest film ever. Sure, you know, just sure. Saying yeah. That kind of thing to someone like him. And yeah, I mean, me too, I, or it's... the campiness yeah. when, when done in the right context is fucking amazing because it's like especially in don't this film don't try to be campy right that's what it's works about they're, right. it's like so like serious like making a real film here it's supposed to be scary <laughs> yeah, and all yeah. of that and they oh man so and some so other things like that for me were uh the guns that don't shoot yes i love that they're like the little elon musk flamethrower right. like things where it just sort of projects a flame <laughs> out and it kind of like sometimes it's as if they crop it out of shot so it looks like it could be continuing like right. a little flame coming out but most of the time you just see it and then it has the noise and then yeah. never in full do we see any kind of beam it feels like yeah it felt like yeah, when you go to laser weird. tag and the fog machine's not on which it usually isn't right. and it's like you just want so bad to like see what you're shooting yeah. and it doesn't and it just feels lame it felt like they were yeah well and also noise. like when it hits somebody there's no like indication of that they just go ah yeah, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> whatever great. sound effect it was making. Um, yeah. And then I know your favorite one that was fun to go back to was the same rock. <laughs> yes. Oh, man, this thing cracks me up, I guess, because I don't know, I guess, because like we've talked before, I, I look at continuity, you know what I mean? So it's like there is a I would assume a paper mache or what would you call that? It's plaster. It's a plaster molded rock. And it's got kind of a a ramp angle to it. The first time you see it, they have to write it's during this any sequence between the two ships, the Argos and the and the what, what did I call the other one? The Galliot. They're actually plastic. The the rocks are? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's a plastic molded thing. And every time they have to go between the two ships, they have to walk across this alien landscape. You see it the first time they come around a corner and they have to creep along the edge of it and not fall into the bubbling bullshit. Which looks like they can always just walk around to this 15-foot set or whatever right. it is. Right. The next shot of them in a new location, right, they're progressing on, is them walking, like, up the ramp of the exact same plastic molded thing. And then, like, the next shot is them climbing over it from another angle. It's like they're literally just on a set turning this thing by, like, 20 degrees. It's not even enough to make it look different. It's, like, it's just the same fucking thing. And it is, it's got to be in... I'd say minimum 15 shots. Yeah. It becomes the main character, really. (laughs) And, you know, you notice it every time, or at least I did. And it it sort of becomes a funny, like, you know, runner of a joke, Mm -hmm. which clearly not intentional which is uh, yeah the, but, but that's those, what makes it campy it's those running jokes too which is again the appeal of watching it something mm-hmm. like this with your friends and it's like if you were doing a drinking game mm-hmm. that's the thing that's one of the things you would pick for this i you, you'd also pick every well yeah anyway you, I, I would put this in a thing that didn't work but whatever anytime you see a character and you don't know who it is <laughs> Like, yeah, they're they all look the same, basically. No, actually, this was my that was the top of what worked for me you in, like in this section. <laughs> if this this is a subsection of the campy of. OK, sure, this sure. is actually not so much campy, but this if what I'm talking about, the uh, 
the appeal of sort of watching these films with friends, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Some of those are campy things, like what I've said, but also those are just sort of the more like things that don't necessarily fall into camp, but are like the the unique things to it, the ongoing yeah. things, the running gag things that just sort of emerge with, you know, the mood and specifics of watching it with your friends. So that was the main one that was fun for you and me that captured this. <laughs> and that was my favorite part of watching this film with you was trying to tell the characters apart. It's, in, it's virtually impossible. <laughs> it's so funny because it's like, it reminds me of, um actually how I know my friend Arn, our, our friend, our friend Sasha like was, you know, grew up in, he's Austrian and grew up in Austria till he was like seven, then moved here. But he said like growing up, he thought all Americans were either sailors or cowboys. Right. And right. it's just sort of like <laughs> that, like, the Europeans viewing the American sure. stereotype where that's what these, that's what they're going for. It feels like with each of these characters. Yeah. So they're all the same as sort of these like strong jawed, <laughs> like even the women like looked similar. All the oh, men look similar. Oh. The two women looked similar. Yeah. So there were a couple of times when I was like, wait, is this a new woman? Yeah. She looks exactly the same, but her hair is a little different. So right. maybe it's a new one. It, like, and where did she come they're from? They're wearing different Shit. outfits all of a sudden. Yeah. Oh, I know that's So that's what's fun is like, I don't know. That's what's fun about these movies for me is then how we come up with our own. Oh, it's the this guy. Oh, wait, right, no. Right. But but was it that one? Yeah, oh, like we had to call the the younger dude became one of our friends, Mikey, because he's got kind of a similar vibe to Mikey. Mm-hmm. And everybody else is just like indistinguishable right it's like we, we were like okay that's mikey but everybody else is <laughs> is mark the the captain whose name is mark we oh, just yeah. are like i guess this is mark once we finally maybe. figured out who like okay that this guy's mark right and it was just then cracking us up that his name was mark and we could be like mark yeah there he so is funny mark um another one of the um on the campier end of things i liked was when they went into the uh the crash ship, the other alien mm-hmm. ship, and they had to escape and like with the uh, tuning fork. Oh my! And it god. was like, oh my god! It's like it's a tuning fork, and they somehow put together that well, maybe this is <laughs> this is audio vibration based. Sure. This door, and this is like they're like, oh. and they're wrong. And <laughs> yeah. then, then I think probably the my my favorite moment of this entire movie is in that same sequence. There, so to to be clear. They've discovered a third ship, not not one of theirs, that is crash landed there and has been there for a long time. And they go into it. Mark and one of the uh, girls, I forget what her name was. I almost remember it. I don't. Um, so they go in. They're in new outfits, miraculously. Um, and they discover this this very large skeleton i think it's the second of of the two large skeletons so they're inside the ship they've they see another large skeleton um alien skeleton and they're the woman sees a little disc that's that when she gets close to it it starts glowing and she goes oh and she reaches for it and it shocks her she's like ow oh it shocked me and then she reaches for it again yeah like why? You just got shocked. She reaches for it again and touches it again and gets shocked again. I, and then she's like, and he's like, whoa, Mark's like, whoa, what happened? And she's like, that thing, it shocked me. And he looks at it and has this like hesitation. And then like, it's like the, it's like the button that says, don't touch me. You know what I mean? He can't resist. Yeah. And he has to again okay. reach for it I, and he gets shocked. I and wanna, it's like, dude, what I, are you guys doing? 
<laughs> I want to clarify, and then this gets to one of like the last things in the section of like this subgroup of what worked for me. These ongoing fun things that we got the kind of fun that I wanted. To blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> that moment, I remember it differently, and I think I'm convinced you it's differently. He didn't have a moment of hesitation. What he was so funny okay. is as soon as she gets electrocuted once. Oh God, I think you're right. He just then she doesn't even do it a second time. I don't think she hesitates, hesitates. The- presses it, gets electrocuted, and then he he immediately touches it. There's no, like, should I, shouldn't die. He just goes for it, This the captain guy. <laughs> and then, so that was the oh ongoing, that was, one of the, that was one of the it fun things. hilariously, like, irrational. Well, the, and that was one of the fun <laughs> things was the irrationality, ongoing sort of yeah. joke, I don't know, ongoing jokes, whatever, for us was the reactionary force overly forceful captain yeah Yeah. because remember those other times where it was like he he like just delivers some sort of monologue or whatever and like before anyone even has a chance to say anything he's like (laughs) what are y'all doing standing around yeah they they've like just finished walking up they've stopped walking and he's like stop standing around it's like we just got here (laughs) or it's like yeah we just finished burying the dead and he's barking at us to like what are we all doing standing around yeah or at one point they they walk in into something and he's like Everyone be quiet. It's like nobody was saying anything. <laughs> Why are you yelling at us? Yeah. Calm down, Mark. Um, okay, so to, to transition for like... I have one more actually yes. of those things that you're talking yes. about. The the hardcore zooms. That was what I was going to say. Oh, I but, love it. So this is, I think, the hardcore zooms transitions yes. us be, from... This, this falls into two camps of what we can sort it as. The fun, ongoing party, whatever, we have been listening. And now Zoom shots are that, but they are also fall into the overall aesthetic yes, of I the Yes, I totally film. agree. And that's what I want to get into now yes, is yes, what works yes, for me yes, in yes. that Yeah, it's sort of like the film technique stuff and yeah. like the actual... Production design. Right, yes. But the Zooms, what I loved about them was how quick they, they were. They are intense. <laughs> I mean, it's almost a joke. Like, we, it has become a joke. Where it's like I don't know what this is. You in, see Tarantino but reference them, and like, you know what? It's 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 Wayne's World. It's like you know what I mean. It's like they zoom in and zoom out. And it's like whoa, yeah, whoa, whoa, that kind of thing. It's that, but serious. <laughs> like and they're doing. What's it. great is you can actually see sometimes, kind of too, the um, where they don't get it quite smooth. You can feel like that <laughs> yeah. little delay in like the end of the zoom, or yeah. like the speed change a bit. <laughs> It's fun. It's so good. And I like my, my favorite one in it was when it's like she's falling, about to fall into the, the goop. Oh my God. When they're, yes. when they're crossing the same rock. And it's like <laughs> she falls, but it doesn't actually look like it's she's going to fall. No, not at all. <laughs> she's just kind of like <laughs> hanging on easily to the side of something that doesn't look like a cliff at all. And it just sort of shows a completely disparate, uh, like, the goop on the ground that they yeah. don't want to fall yeah, into. The, the close up of like probably just some soup in a pan. Well, the, the zooming in and out close up. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. There's also the, 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 um, what I would call the sort of Mad Max Fury Road, or I mean, even the original Mad Max has this, but they, they've sped up the film for, for a, a few of the sequences. Like the actual reel is sped up. They've shot it at like a like higher some of the frame fight rate. Scenes? Yeah. Fight scenes have this like, it's fast motion. Like they've just sped it up. I didn't notice and I that. I love, I love the aesthetic of that because it's completely unnatural. That makes me wonder then why didn't they slow down? Like if, if they use that for effect, then they should have used like the, 
you slow down the footage to make the ship look bigger when it's landing. But it was just clearly this miniature just like plopping down. I know. I don't know why they, you know, they got some of it, but yeah. I don't remember those sped up shots. All all of the opening fights are sped up by a little bit. I don't know what the frame rate would be. It's probably it's probably, you know, it's shot in what, 24, I guess, mm-hmm. probably. So maybe it's not it's 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 minimal speed up. It's maybe it's just that like 35 or something that like that, right? 115% Right, exactly. I love it. In yeah. in I love it in the original Mad Maxes too because you see it in in um Road Warriors you, you see it quite a bit. Road Warrior um the second Mad Max movie. They use it a lot with the little kid who's got the um who's like crawling in and out of ditches, who's got the boomerang this, that cuts yep. people's hands off. You see it with that kid because I I mean I think just because that kid probably wasn't he's young and not super fast and agile. They're just like just crank that shit up a little bit mm-hmm. so that he's moving quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but in Fury Road, they use it in the whole opening sequence when Max is trying to escape the um. I forget what they were called, but it's like the the cavernous. Yeah. Yeah. And in the, yeah, in the mind type stuff, it's all at that frame rate and it's super cool looking like the way, um, uh, fucking what's his name? George, uh, who's the director of, uh, George Miller. Yeah. George Miller. Thank you. The way he uses it in it. And he's very, I'm like, I've read a couple things about while they were filming. He knows what that frame rate is very specifically to get this effect so like it's very purposeful it's a shutter speed thing too right in this i don't think they cared so much right they're just like man these probably in post they're like man these fight scenes just look like shit just speed it up Mm -hmm. like like just crank it a little bit higher great looks great done move on i love it that's what they say yeah exactly (laughs) um the the other thing film wise that i think is just fucking cool and this is, you know, it's a budget constraint. It's like, how do you solve these problems of we have basically no money. We put it all into the sets probably. But we need to see these people out in an alien landscape. Like, how the fuck do we do that? And so they use this kind of, I don't know what you call this exactly. They're overlaying in like the bottom corner of, of the frame um, a shrunken down, you know, that's like how do you as combination you... of force perspective and matting, I guess. Yes. So the actual film of them walking is shrunken down to a little circle in the bottom corner, so they appear to be far away. And then there's a matte painting or or just a mat another of, shot of yeah. another shot overlaid within that or on top of that to make you think that they're small in this big landscape. And I I love yeah. that. It's it's really cool. And they use it a few, quite a few times I to think give actually, you a sense of, of depth and size. This and, is more, I mean, this was probably a thing of note thing, but that it actually, that aesthetic, they were doing it all in camera. So I don't think it was actually like a separate film thing, but there was some way where they were probably doing it. You know what I mean? In yeah, camera, they were shooting it I live about where it was that. like, they were probably actually had maybe a there, mat. Are, there are definitely shots where it's just, they took a miniature and they put it in the foreground of camera to make it look like it's this giant thing. Yeah. I love all of that. I think it's super cool and weird and, you know, just gives you this 
I don't know what it does. It just makes me kind of smile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably the some of not doing it today that that it's home ground or that it's you feel the people making it. Right. It yeah. kind of feels good in that sense. Yeah. My what I loved about this film though, in the sort of continuous the aesthetics and design is the color usage. Mm-hmm. Like the that sort of I don't know, I guess pastelli kind of you know, primary yeah. colors that's like both in the planet, just sort of that stark red yeah. and blue and green combined with the fog. Right, right. Uh I love whatever that is. It's kind of the war of the worlds. Oh, totally. Feel. Yeah. And that's, I mean, maybe when we're describing, yeah, when I sort of set up what the aesthetic or what the, what, what this film is, what the kind of film that this film is, that's probably primarily, I don't know, that's what I mostly love about it is the aesthetic. So yeah. I could see stepping back from this movie and just, yeah, I'm going to keep repeating that word, aesthetic. That's mm-hmm. what I, that's what I latch on to is something I love. Yeah, and I, I, you know, it is very much of a time and and of an era of I think art. Um, in particular, there's a shot that I love, uh, and and basically it's it's how the the set design is, but it's these concentric circles of of inside the alien ship. Um, you know, to create depth, they've created a probably a mat at a certain point, but every circle is getting smaller as you go away. That looked it. like it wasn't, that looked like I, it was all a set to me. You think so? Because it was just sort I of see that. small enough. It didn't go on forever. Yeah. There was just sort of like five. Yeah, exactly. But that, it's it's abstract. You were talking and about I a hallway it. where yeah. sort of it's separated as it goes by a circular yep. um, pass through. Yeah, maybe we'll throw that up on uh, our Instagram so you know what we're talking about. But mm-hmm. it's, I love it's just an abstract art piece to me. Like, it, I fucking love it. That it doesn't actually, have yeah. to make sense. It's an alien ship. Make it as weird as you want. I, and it just, it's a, it's beautiful to look at to me. That was one of the standout design with, yeah. once they go on that alien ship. Yeah. Inside of their ship, I liked to continue, like, the colors of them. Um, <laughs> they had those orbs that were kind of these foggy, translucent <laughs> yeah. orbs yeah, yeah. that just lit up with colors. They they, they have two they have two modes, right? It's like, yeah. everything's cool, things green. Everything's go- everything's shit, it's red. <laughs> I guess, that, yeah. And then, um, and then similarly, the they had a telescope thing that they looked through that would just change colors, and they're like, right. "Look at this!" And it's just yeah. like red, a, a red light inside of it. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And it, then, yeah, um, all that stuff's just fucking cool because it's like, you know, what do we what? It you know what it feels like a little bit to me. It feels like the ingenuity of of um, theatrical directors. Like when you when you go to a really a good play, stage play, I mean, that clearly the set designers and the director had, they just took some time to to go, how do we, in an almost abstract way, create this world? Because stage is not reality. And so they come up with like crazy weird, you know, devices to, to, to show you things in an abstract way that tell the story and it felt like the next sort of evolution of that it's like we're not gonna you know like an example would be um on a stage let's say you want to you want to see a battle scene you can't see a battle scene on stage so you so you you 
two people hold a sheet up and somebody has a you know a big light behind it and you you do little silhouettes of a mm-hmm. bunch of things behind the sheet and now we've got this scene on stage and we we buy into it like that's the ingenuity behind that low budget like you know easy to do but creates the sense of a world i feel like this is the next version of that on film it's like we don't have the budget how do we how do we create the sense of of imagination without actually having to show it so yeah on you know to take ridley scott for example i think the a bad version of this or where it can kind of go too far using technology is in prometheus which is a prequel to alien the there's all sorts of cgi in that that i'm kind of like this doesn't it doesn't i don't want that in this movie right it's it doesn't feel genuine in any way it just feels like oh we've got this we see the computer screen that's a hologram that's up and doing all sorts of crazy shit i don't want that i'd rather actually have the low budget version like in this where it's like i don't need to see what's on the screen yeah i can see the guy looking into the monitor and never see what's on the monitor it's just a red light it's i like all that i like that's the simplicity of that design i it leaves stuff to the imagination, I think. What's what's neat speci- what's neat specifically like specifically about this this film, this type of film, like cause you're right, that's something I always gravitate towards and find I don't know. It's heartening almost too, where you see sort of people working within their low budget to mm-hmm. do exactly what you're saying. What's kind of cool about this film though is like versus like we brought up, you know, see, seeing early Peter Jackson do that mm-hmm. in his own way. Those early Peter Jackson films, like it's pretty, they don't go much beyond the target audience or they, they aren't too, you know, they aren't huge films when it comes down to it. But what's cool about these sort of these giallo in space films, whatever you call them is that they feel like they're really big movies at the time. Like I'm sure that's interesting. I bet you're right. They're sort of more in the zeitgeist, more had an impact or more people are seeing them, I guess, you know, I, I don't know. It's, I don't have, I don't know where I'm. I'm basing that on, but I feel you like weren't, that's. Wait, are you saying you weren't alive in the '60s to go watch movies and like have the context of that? Oh no, I was. Oh, cool. Yeah. Wow. God, you look great. But I just forget at this point because <laughs> this was. I mean, yeah. If I, you know. Yeah, this... I bet you're right. I mean, '65. Uh, like this is just a neat case where it's them this ragtag italian group like where they're working <laughs> on their small budget yet they're gonna have a yeah. large output and audience right and um yeah that's I was cool forgetting at 65 too you know 12 years before star wars came right. out so people were jazzed just to go see like yeah. this space epic is what it actually was right i mean even let's say one was um uh 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 uh, uh, uh what the fuck is that movie called what? Um, we've got, we've got a ruby on our hand and we die when we're 25. Logan's run. Oh yeah. So, um, Logan's run was 75, I believe. So this is, it would be earlier, but maybe, yeah, I think this is, there's about 10 years between even that. Mm -hmm. Um, but I would say there is, there's a big shift from like, I would say Logan's run budget wise and, and aesthetic sort of campiness is closer to this than it is to Star Wars, even though they, their design stuff gets compared to Star Wars Which a lot. I think speaks to how huge Star Wars Exa- was. Exactly. So you, it took 10 more years and maybe 10 plus years for 
the kind of construction of sci-fi and the um, construction of the technology to to translate stuff into this new realm of of filmmaking to to turn that corner. Well, it was like you know, someone Star was, Wars was kind of took okay took these technologies and sort of reinvented them again to push them right. to their limits for something entirely not entirely new, but just sort of while other ones, while if Logan's run was kind of like a continuation of a line mm-hmm. that was more the same. Yeah. Yeah, that reset it. Do you want to keep going on with these yeah, yeah, yeah. aesthetics Let's here that I liked design things? I mean, the, the ships themselves, I love those sort <laughs> of like metallic, again, War of the Worlds yeah. exterior ships. Uh, it's like the 1950s view of the future. Right. Whatever whatever that is, that's part of this specific thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the crashed ship I loved, the giant skeleton remains. Yeah. Okay, so the costumes. Yep. <laughs> uh, these lapels, they'd like go up past their ears. I know. Right? They're so like double lapels. This is my theory as to where it came from, the vampires I, thing. I'm with you. They, <laughs> I think they get off trying to, they, they get off calling them planet of the vampires because it just so happens that the pre-existing suits that they wear have these very dracula-esque yeah, yeah. future though future-esque uh <laughs> collars which makes them look like that dracula yeah. kind of vampire i i mean i think that's that's probably pretty valid which is like a, it's really lame it's a stretch it's kind of like one of those step and a half removed yeah you know thick like <laughs> But you could just imagine sure. someone thinking yeah, it and saying exactly like, well, that. Well, we're going to throw these guys up on the poster, and what does that evoke? Yeah. Right? Vampires. <laughs> <laughs> or like what you just said, sure, I think that's what they said. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is great, again, when it's like going to such massive uh, audiences. Well, and, and to, you know, like let, you could pick this apart a little bit. It's like you have an Italian producer who's saying, you know, we are going to release this in the States. And we're not going to call it, what did I call it? Tierro no, Nello Spazio, like that they don't know what that means. Um, Nightmare in space or whatever. Terror in space. Terror in space. And they probably were like, well, Americans, they, like, they, I don't know, they fucking like vampires. Like, like well, let's get them in the, in the seats. Yeah. You know, so let's just fucking say a thing that we think Americans will be into. Um, I don't think it probably went further than that. <laughs> nope. you know it's just like how do we get them in the fucking seat yeah um i liked okay now to uh, to move on from aesthetics production design the beginning i like that sort of getting thrown into it where i, I see star wars repeating this too as a sort of flash gordon type thing mm-hmm. tenant maybe maybe where um we're kind of coming into the middle of some conflict yeah like there's no real like it's not like we're with some new recruit and blah, blah, blah. Uh, you this know. is good. Yeah, this it, is important. I think people need to do this more. It, it feels like it gives the sense of the ongoing adventure where right. the ship's just in the middle out here and they're in the like we're so thrown into it where that's where all that exposition we kind of forgot about is coming in. Though there's this thing coming off this yeah. planet that's this and this and this and blah, blah, blah. And then like all of a sudden they're attacking each other. Yeah. Like it felt like it was all part of the same scene right. where it's just like. For t- it's this 20 minute scene it almost feels like yeah and this really comes you know structurally from the serial you know serial world of of old like you said like um flash gordon stuff it's like you know who flash gordon is you get right into it because you only have the whatever the, the those old se- flash gordon serials are like 15 minutes or something they're quick yeah you know so you're just in it 
right away. You don't mm-hmm. have time to fuck around. And I think you're right. Star Wars and Lucas obviously was a big Flash Gordon, like he admittedly to that was a big influencer for him. Um, is taking that structural thing, like let's just d- jump right into the adventure. Mm-hmm. Like, interestingly, and we'll get to more of the the um, comparisons between the first Alien and this movie, but Alien does the opposite. It does this. Well, I mean, it actually kind of does both. But the opening of Alien is. It's like seven minutes of kind of camera crawling through the ship and the crew waking up and it's these these um, phase uh, shots like it's you know what is that called well, it's it's, um, it's, it's cross using, fades alien is using sort of these ideas to sort of to accomplish its own thing right where it has it has that slow yes. that slow transition in to actually bring us into the world but as far as the um but you're right. the characters themselves we get thrown into That's like right. you're okay right. they all know what they're talking about and don't care if we understand or not yeah and you're right so it's it is doing both things actually but yeah i mean i think that's it's why in tv we have cold openings mm-hmm. right like let's get into it and then you know, I don't like TV that much or, or sort of what you would call traditional TV structure. I think it's a little, it's a little too. It's um, true. Whenever I'm here, you always have a movie on. You aren't really watching I shows. I don't do it. Um, I think there's formulaic aspects to TV that just don't appeal to me very much. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of them. Like the, the cold open. I'm like, uh, yeah. I get it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to move on to our next section. I am too. The only other thing I have on my list is I love the, the theremin and, and very modest use of it. It's like they didn't overdo the theremin. They just throw it into a couple scenes and I'm like, yeah, theremin. Wasn't it used more as a sound effect? Probably. Okay. <laughs> said it, I'm like, it wasn't a part of the soundtrack. Yeah. I don't think they I used agree. it for music, which is uh, fun in its own right. Yep. Okay. Let's move on to what did not work. It's not ready yet. Seems to work okay. No, something important's missing. What did not work? <laughs> yes, let's. <laughs> um, can I can I do one of the things I like to do? Oh god damn it! You know what it is at this point. <laughs> All right, the last thing I brought up is for what worked for me. I'm going to say how it also did not work. You yeah. knew that's what I was going to do, right? Of Tim? course I knew. So That's like your thing. Yeah, I love it. You've done it three times. <laughs> so so can you see where I might go with this? If it's like the what the hell we're going into in a good way, the what the hell we're going into yeah. intro chunk is was a bad thing for me in this one because like, <laughs> so, like these Italian horror films, what never works for me with them is they're like if you you gotta you have to like love the aesthetic and everything to really get into it for me because there's such a like a slog to them. Like not a lot happens yeah. and it takes a long time yeah. for things to happen. But I feel like that that's a very kind of European structure film structure. Well, it's that long first act, right? You know, but it's not that it's even a first. Yeah. Here, here's yeah. here's what it was. It wasn't even that. Yeah, it was a long first set, but 
in Star Wars, after getting thrown into action of the Imperials versus the Rebels in the fight and mm-hmm. C-3PO and R2-D2 escaping, we then hit, hit a reset button when we That's get right. touched down with Luke. Yeah, and we go full force into Hero's Journey, like, standard story right. structure. This never pauses or resets. It's this kind of like... Oh, yeah, you're It's right. this kind of like, <laughs> I'm still going, right. and I don't know at what point... I was like, at a certain point, I'm like, okay, well, what is the inciting incident? Or right. like, what's kind of the... Uh oh, and now this happened. And I kept like trying to assign it to different things that all yeah. kind of added up to be equally non eventful. Well, in this, it's like I said, the casserole of this is harming it in that way. Because there's not a whole lot of trajectory to hold on to. It's like moment to moment, we're like introducing kind of randomly new things and just going uh, okay yeah because remember when you we were you were like oh i hope someone dies here and i'm like <laughs> yeah. me too and then they didn't they don't right and it's kind of like Ugh. you know and it's like the question of what is the alien monster bad guy force thing that's driving this is really really not answered until the last 10 minutes maybe yeah, and then even right. then, it has some fun with it once we get to it as far as, like, it's the invasion of the body snatchers thing of kind of right. hearing a, a force or an entity talk through a human. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which but, I, when once that happened, I was, like, into it. Well, that's what it's I have, too. So it's so like late. These Italian horror movies, these kinds of films, it's always that last third or 20 minutes where yeah. I feel like, okay, this is where the movie's happening. And there's always those <laughs> right, right. moments throughout but that to are occasional. Be fair, to be fair, Alien does this as well. Yeah, you but, do not get the chest bursting until like the 40th minute of that movie. But the, that's or the, some, it's that's maybe the difference. Later. Like Alien is a turn down the lights, I'm into it film. This is, You're right. This is the party film. That's very so, true. You're right. So Alien is taking this structure and, and leaning in on how to manipulate the audience effectively. This is taking that structure and just throwing everything at the well, wall. Well, no, in its, in its defense though, like I forget this movie was made to be scary it's just like i know that's the interesting thing about it it's i just can't i just can't get into it that way so for me it's like when watching this film you know i set up what the elevator moment is yeah yeah there aren't enough elevator moments for me to sort of um uplift me from that that slog yeah i get you I, I, we already said it. I mean, I have just the dubbing, ironically, or not ironically, I don't know why I keep using that word. Um, Eventually, I didn't care. Like, I got used to it, which is, I'm amazed that I got, usually that kind of shit drives me completely insane the whole time. Well, it is always, so like, as bemusing as it was to like, be keeping track of the rock each time, the the (laughs) recurring rock. Right. It also made me feel like, like I it, like trapped. Like I don't like that sense of feeling. Like when we walk past yeah. it at the same time, like yeah. I feel a little cloistered. And when watching the film, and then right. not, I don't know. I'm right, right, not right, as right. fun. So if going to see the same rock, going to see, if seeing the, the seeing the same rock over and over, lent or made me feel like trapped in a not fun way. Um. Something you know, I was I was we were talking about what worked for me about the inside of the ship and the, uh, everything about that, but like the combination of that gray interior like paint yeah. with also how it's shot mm-hmm. because we're just so wide because you can have that gray interior paint and 
Well, basically, that that result also made me feel like I don't want to be here in a bad way. Uh, yeah, I kind of got that feeling, too. Like, it just felt like, yeah, again, trapped and gross. And whenever they made it out into the planet, it was like I could breathe a little bit. Mm-hmm. But then they would go past the same rock and I couldn't breathe. Right. And then, like, but then they made it to the other alien ship and it was great again. Anyway, but yeah, how it was shot, too, contributed that to the inside because it's just you're... Like, you could just play the whole thing in close-ups on their expressions, and it would have been a lot better as That's far true. as... That's true. There's not a whole lot of cutting in. No, it's that kind of style <laughs> of you're just, like what you say, a stage play. I mean, yeah. completely different context, but... Yeah. I mean, to be honest, we've already basically said all the things that didn't work for me mm-hmm. in, in some form or another. Because, like, I guess the well, the well uh, the other big thing to, that I have is, is just not knowing who's who. It's hard. I mean, it's just distracting because I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm just lost. A well, that was. Bit. It's funny that you put that as does not work because that was one of the standout things that did work. I, I know. It's like if For I'm you. not gonna get to, into this movie <laughs> as a movie, give me those fun kind yeah. of like unique to this experience of watching it. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. No, I didn't really have anything else that didn't work for me because the slog is such a primary, a big, yeah, a big thing. Yeah, I mean, if you're not willing to sit down and accept that this movie is what it is, you know, if you're looking for high, I don't know, I don't know what you would even call that, like something more intellectually highbrow, I guess. I mean, it's like you could draw you, you the can, sort of connections, but it's you're 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 having to wade through a whole thing to get to that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if that's what you're looking for, don't watch this. But if you're looking for fucking fun, absurd, abstract, <laughs> Ill, irrational, like, behavior, just craziness, great. Right. I mean, if we're sort of looping back to it, oh, we can... Oh, yeah. you know what didn't work for me? It, it did, secretly. S- Mark needs to stop leaving people by themselves. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> he does that was it like, another fun one. He does it like eight times, and every time that person either gets attacked or like killed. <laughs> yeah, wait here. Keep a watch on this. They're like, wait, no. I. How about I go? The two of us will go and we'll do this thing. And he's like, no, that's a horrible idea. You're gonna stay here alone while the three of us go and get the thing that you right. were gonna go get. It's like, no, no, don't. Like, he's gonna die. You don't leave him alone, Mark. And you that, know better. And it secretly did work for you in the ongoing joke thing. That I love. I it. was, refer- you know, that's what about this. Uh, yeah, let's go to things. Fuck of it. Note. Yeah, let's just go there. Let's fuck. Nothing didn't work in this movie. Everything worked. Well, then let's talk about things that we found noteworthy. <laughs> things of note! <laughs> this should be interesting. I want to kind of get it away out out at the head. I, you know, you have like the alien similarities, but yeah. honestly, I don't think there's much to break down about them. No. Where it's really new. No, so. I just want to s- sort of... Yeah, I mean, the, the the of note thing is simply that if you look at this movie structurally and design-wise, it Alien, Ridley Scott, and, and o, o, Dan O'Bannon. O'Bannon. God, I, can, I always want to call him something else. Um, they're clearly influenced by it. Clearly, it's not a question. And I'm not alone in thinking this. You can go on like when um, Refn was, was at Cannes a few years ago. I think it was two years ago, um, doing a Neon Demon. 
uh, and Bava was being kind of honored and they were doing a screening of this movie, Refn just out and says it. He's like, look, it, this is this O'Bannon and, and Scott obviously are doing this movie like with Alien. Well, They're doing their thing with it, but they took blatantly. They just took things that worked in so Planet just, of the Vampires just, just, yeah. and put it into Alien. So what it is though specific, the landing on the planet because of some sort of call or it's, distress call. That's right. The giant skeleton of another species. Another, another ship that has ship. been attacked by the the local alien. Yeah. And, you know, the skeleton, the the fact that the skeleton is like three, to- three times the size of a human. It's just like the little details of what is cool in this movie. They were like, yeah, 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 we're going to use those. So things. for the record though... Um, that's where we can end talking about this. There's a 1979 issue of Cine Fantastique magazine, the special on making Alien behind the scenes, where Ridley Scott and Dan O'Bannon stated they had never seen this film before. Oh, they're full of shit. Are they? Yeah. I don't know. I've more and more run into circumstances, like personally and observationally, of that is stuff in... just being out there. I, yeah, you know, like. Just can't get behind that well what about the whole like you know it's always for the, the two volcano movies coming out at the same time the two that's a different thing that's a different thing because that's i feel like that is largely a product of you know stories circulate and like interest circulates at any given time so like why are the two capote movies made basically back to back why are the two hitchcock yeah. movies made back back why are the volcano movies made it's because industry-wise, those scripts and what people are talking about, what might be interesting in the zeitgeist right now, those conversations are ongoing. But I don't think this is not suffering from that. There's there's 13 years in between these two movies. But it's not that like it's not that crazy when you think of it in terms of like if everything that's made is some sort of new connections of what was before. Sometimes I think things. You can make such disparate connections to make such original things that are that are can be sort of so specific that we'd never that we can only feel like our immediate reaction is, oh, they would have had to have seen this before. Mm. But I really do think that like in ways that we not necessarily can see the obvious connections like things before we connect things the same way. I agree. There's there's sort of correlation with. You know, we think there's causality, like but like whatever, not necessarily. like whatever led Mario Bava and Co to do giant alien skeletons at this crashed ship, versus like Ridley Scott and Dan O'Bannon. I feel like whatever led them to do that can maybe also have informed them the same way. Like I, I agree, it's an undercurrent that comes from somewhere. I agree, and I think that there's sort of you could get into the kind of collective consciousness stuff, and yes. you could get into. In it's thematic influence, not influence, thematic uh, similarities that that we just that's we're humans. We 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 think when we're exposed to a lot of the same things, so it's natural that we come up with very similar themes a lot of the time. But the specifics of this, to me, trump that. I don't know. I've watched. Okay, anyone? It's tough. Watch but... it. Check out the uh, web series I produced called Anamnesis. Made years before a show called Falling Water. Watch then the show or just the teaser trailers for the show Falling Water. There are like shots 
that are like the same. It's okay. like so similar. I'm not saying because it does happen. I I wrote a um, basically just an outline for a film. This was in oh my god! This was probably '06, I think. And I started developing this concept and this idea, and had sent it around to some friends and were workshopping or whatever. And then I put it down for a little bit because I was having trouble figuring out the the why of it, like why why the main character does what they do in the end. So I put it down. About a year later, my friend calls me who had read my outlines. And he said, hey, man, have you read Gone Girl? And I was like, nah, I don't. What is it? And he's like, it's a new book. It's out. It's just out. And it's basically your script. And I was like, fuck. So I read it. It is and it isn't. But it, I mean, it's so fucking similar. Theirs is much more of a drama and dark and whatever. Um, I forget her name, the woman who wrote it. Jillian Flynn. That sounds right. You know, it's not like we – it's it's what you're saying. I agree. We're, we, our brains will lead us down similar paths. Yeah, I just think it's so tempting just to say – But the oh, fucking, like, giant alien skeleton crash spaceship distress call, like, that is oh, so just, hard for me. You just finished my sentence in a way. <laughs> it's so hard for me to, like, re- like buy that they – that's Didn't my point. I think it's so hard for people just to like yeah. not be like, oh, they're just they saw it as a kid and they don't remember. I'm like, I mean, I'm not even saying that. I think that they they then like, you're saying they lie or don't forget remember. Well, I think that they are. Well, yeah. I, I don't buy that they didn't see it. It's either yeah, you're saying that they don't remember or they lied. One of the two. Right. And I'm I. That's fine. I I believe in that, but I fifty percent not knowing actually also yeah. think like yeah, no, I get it's you. just as likely that this was just some sort of because like I guess when you would say where you would say it's just as likely, I would say it's not just as likely. Well, no, but I'm trying to break it down where like it just bugs me this immediate reaction of it's it's crazy to be this same thing because it's so specific. But then I but then if you look at it again in terms of what led to the initial people who did it to think of it mm-hmm. and why is it so crazy that whatever led those people to think of it didn't also lead these people to think of it. Yeah. And, and to combat my own argument, there are a lot of times when I'm coming up with an idea and somebody goes, yeah, that's this that, <laughs> Simpsons that, did it. That's that, that's that thing over there that already exists. I'm like, fuck yeah. God damn it. So, okay. But it's like doing it in new different ways. Like, yeah. imagine if Alien was being written and they're like, oh, Planet of the Vampires already did it. Like, no, yeah, exactly. Alien. Um, no, you're okay. Right. I, I just wanted to make okay. that quick, but we ended up harping on it a bit, <laughs> the Alien connections. Well, that's really all I have. I mean, other than what I already said about, like, get, get into Mario Bava. Like, he's cool. So uh, Bava explains, you know, it's, uh, one of our favorite parts of this film is uh, he says, this is a quote of his. Do you know what that unknown planet was made of? A couple of plastic rocks. Yes, two. Literally a couple. <laughs> one in one. Left over from a mythological movie made at Cinecetta, nice. which was uh, a pr- Italian production company made during the fascist regime. Regime. Tight. Um, so to, to, and then he said, to assist the illusion, I filled the set with smoke, which actually, I forgot to mention, the smoke was a big part of the aesthetic that yeah, I liked because yeah. that works in combination <laughs> with kind of letting the colors flood over. Right. There's anything. that one point when I was like, I said more smoke. And then so <laughs> according to someone else, 
the two plastic rocks were multiplied in several shots by mirrors and multiple exposures. So yeah. they were using not yeah. just this one rock, but two rocks in ways Ooh. that we didn't even predict. <gasps> like, wow. Multiple. Like, they literally <laughs> took the same rock and exposed <laughs> the image twice, the same two rocks. I love it. It's great. Um, it's funny reading, like, uh, reading the summary of this, too, where it says the story starts off. The story follows the horrific experiences of the crew members of two giant spaceships that have crash landed on a forbidding, unexplored planet. And I'm like, the horrific experience. And it just kind of <laughs> took me off guard because, yeah, like, I read that it's too. so not scary but then to imagine though the circumstances it would be t- like it's utterly terrifying like to imagine yeah. these reset you know re- uh bodies coming back and they're like to have a non-human entity speaking and they're like guts remember the shot where it's like yeah. he tries to hide it he like he's so clearly like his whole chest is torn up right and he's just like oh you didn't see that <laughs> yeah he closes <laughs> his vest real back quick. on <laughs> so it's like if you you know i was a you know as i was established it was i was around in the 1960s seeing this for the first time like no this actually could have been pretty terrifying yeah, and horrifying um but what What's interesting to me, why this is noteworthy, is the question, like, why can I get into a movie like Asylum, you know, Mm -hmm. which is just what you said, the importance of seeing it for a specific kind of film. Like, I could get into that actually as getting actually creepy in moments and turning off the lights and getting into it. But whatever this Italian sci-fi aesthetic was, 60s aesthetic, I could not get into it in the same way. I don't know. I couldn't get into it as a movie. I think it's... Yeah, it's hard. It's it's there's tonal sort of I don't know. Maybe it's just like the campiness is of a I it, maybe it is the the dubbing that's just uh, I don't yeah. know. Uh, it could just be that there's too many things that um cult maybe culturally or sort of now that we've seen like we've established certain things that we consider scary even just the aesthetics of what is considered scary that this doesn't necessarily have like it's not using shadow and light really in any sort of traditional way that we think of as scary um it's purely relying on the moment itself right or or the it's purely relying on the situation itself. Yeah. Like so, when the, the 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 vampire zombie appears when she closes the door, but and is just standing there behind the door, and it's like yeah. dun dun dun. Right, right, right. <laughs> and they zoom in really hard on yeah. it. It's like maybe yeah. those zooms are supposed to make it scarier, but it's like there's no. Yeah, but I wasn't it, feeling tense leading up n- to it. No, and and we've we've moved on from those techniques. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe that's it. I don't know. Um, I have one big one. I don't want to get I don't want to go down too big of a rabbit hole with this, but I think we need to clarify when we pulled this out of the hat, it specifically says I have it. Oh right yeah, here. yeah, you're right. We we need to amend this from the last right. episode. So the so the what we had written down on our little what do you call this? Ticket. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Planet of the Vampires and then parentheses nineteen sixty five Soviet movie. And it was a suggestion from Arn. Which and I don't so, know. I just think some weird wires crossed when I was writing it down and how he told me about it, you know? Right. And so, so we uh, were like, wait, what the fuck? Apologies like, why, to our last that... episode, too, yeah. where we said it was a... I mean, we yeah, were just like, why it. did why did that miscommunication happen? Because this had, like, we were like, this is not Soviet, it's Italian, and what the fuck? So my theory is that it is Soviet was in somehow what Arn was telling you, mm-hmm. meaning... 
the thematic like aspect of this film, the underlying theme of this film has to do with fascism and communism insofar as the alien is a metaphor for the invisible evil that's out there that you can say is fascism or, or AKA communism. the original invasion of the body snatchers. Correct. And so that's what that connection is. Yeah. I think. And, you know, I think there's plenty in this movie to support that. Yeah. When you're like, oh, it's the being the same, communism. This yeah. Un- the, the, the word that I use, which I had to double check to make sure I was using it right, it's the automaton. Yeah. That when you lose, you know, when these in this movie, the people die and then are their bodies are reanimated it's it's that's the metaphor right like when you the metaphorical death of letting go of your whatever liberty or your free will or whatever and giving over to communism or the fascist idea or whatever that is that's the that's your dead body being reanimated by this this evil force that turns you into a zombie automaton. Which automaton. I, sh- I should say, adding to things that worked, I liked the ending of like is dark and that yeah. sort of nihilistic. Yeah, of I like the, I love these that bad shit. guys. The the red scare won out. That's right, right. And and you had mentioned, you know, that, that everybody's in these same uniforms, and even more, everybody looks the same, right? Like that supports this sort of theory that like they're pushing on that as a thematic thing. It's that you you know. If you let the evil in, that's why Mark is so strong and awesome. And he, even he falls prey to it. Yeah. Right. So even the best of us can be, you know, taken over by the invisible evil. Because Mark. Yeah. It, actually, that was what I wanted to say. Things of note, like talking about the best, the best they are the most, you know, white looking foreigners. Is, is there some, they, none of them are actually Americans, but they like to have the American look to right. them right they had all like their uniforms that all looked the same i think exactly. this is this is a future of where the nazis won out yeah they have the ss logo they have the the yeah the little lightning bolts right so it's like the on oh, all their uniforms man. this is probably why Arn got a kick out of it too they have little ss logos with a line through it yeah it's like but there's a line through it so it's not ss <laughs> one of them has three though and right, like right. the line through it as if you know it's yeah, and, and, and the first group that gets infected is the red lightning bolts or S's, and the, the ones that are battling that are the yellow ones. Yeah. Right? So there's all these little things you can glean. You know, I think we're assuming that this was all part of the plan and they, they were doing this on purpose. Maybe not. This is but so ultimately, funny that's what you get from it. It's like these Aryan approved actors. Right. And then, like, but they have these SS symbols. It's like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> so funny. Oh, man. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's cool stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, you're saying, yeah, it's like all these Giallo films. I'm like, oh, they're all they're all dubbed like this. But it was a little funny to break it down to exactly what was going on. Apparently, um, each cast member, they used their own native language on set. And in many cases, it, uh, they didn't understand what they were saying to each other because they were different languages or, or <laughs> you, you know, like whatever they're saying. So that's so hilarious. the actor Sullivan, whoever, which one or I don't know if that was an actor or a character. They're spoken in English. Someone else was speaking in Portuguese. One of the women was speaking in Italian. I think the other one was speaking in Spanish. 
So you what had all of those languages, people just, so it's so funny just, to imagine. Just fucking saying stuff to right. each other. A set where it's like, if there, it felt like there was little chemistry between them, it's because they can <laughs> yeah, understand I each why. other. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, what a weird thing to experience. Right? I bet. I bet the sound guy was just like, oh, there is no sound guy. Never mind. They, they must <laughs> have been getting something, I wonder. I guess. Just to help sync it. I don't know. But oh, probably man. not. You're right. Yeah, that's so funny. Probably shooting MOS. And then so the very last thing, which we already touched on, which is I just think it's interesting to see how, uh, how this led to Star Wars again. Mm-hmm. And I get Star Wars impact that much more when thinking that this is what sci-fi and space movies up were until star wars star wars must have been such a breath of fresh air holy shit like that just have these things that are supposed to feel adventurous but i mean even though it may not have been obvious then i'm sure that feel of like being trapped and not good you know translates on that i was feeling translates on some level to the viewers then so when you have star wars it's just like the expanse of adventure and just all that just explodes out again well and 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 you can see how where the 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 road forks Mm -hmm. um if you're staying on track with this construct and this sort of way of looking at sci-fi the fork goes to star trek right star trek is way more similar to this Mm -hmm. than star wars is um but star wars you know took that other fork and went whoa wait we we let's do this other thing which if funny oh it's sorry mike (laughs) just punch that (laughs) it's funny you bring that up because i kind of wanted to bring up i just you know i've never liked star trek yeah but after like different people recommending it uh the next generation to me from different avenues i've like sat down and watched the first handful of episodes and have really liked it yeah and so like this was star trek the next generation was on my mind when i'm like oh this gray this the gray spaceship and the Mm -hmm. sound it's making i like don't like being here but it's funny you see how it branched off and then how star trek does it like the sound of when you're on the bridge that's constant that's constant yeah it feels good yeah like in star trek it feels comforting it's like the best kind of like white that's noise cool. yeah um and wow. like the colors even as cheap as they look in the first season that i'm watching mm-hmm. it still feels like it's pleasing versus and the automaton automatonness of the same outfits you're mm-hmm. right there's that connection yeah but again it's like oh they kind of actually now that i'm just trying to letting myself let go of how dorky it all is or yeah. whatever and not trying to be attached to that i'm like oh they actually kind of look good in a lot of yeah these well and i i like i lo- i really like star trek and could could talk about it a lot but good to know i think what you're what you're responding to is a lot of the lessons that star trek next generation learned from the original series and they were able to kind of go okay how do we do what worked with that and then do our own thing, but retain the world and sort of, you know, the 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 bigger tenets of what the star what Star Trek is, and and I think Generation did that exceptionally well. Yeah, great to bring it all to right. the show. I'm excited to watch more of. Yeah. Actually, um, well, do you want to figure out what? Uh, no, we we're on to recommendations after things of note. Yeah, do you have anything else? Yeah, um, well, it got me thinking um, because I was looking at the Nicholas. Uh, Refn um, commentary on this film and and what a huge B movie fan he is. I mean, he is he is our modern sort of day, like I don't know what you call that. He he he's the gatekeeper of of the the past B movies. I mean, he's like the dude who obsessed about B movies and and now is 
executing kind of this. You're saying what, the younger generation gatekeeper because like yes, the yes. Joe Dantes and all no, those that's are right. still that's around. That's exactly right. So his modern versions of B movies, I think, are are this beautiful amalgamation of of why those things are so good, and and high high concept and high execution art. I think, uh, and I love him. Our, our bud, uh, what's his face, Mandy. Yorga. Yes, yes, yeah. he's. I would put him right next to Refin in that, in sort of what that. Because like is. saying, remember how we were like, oh, we really want him to make the next Conan movie or whatever, right. or a She-Ra movie. Yep. Um, I mean, those are technically B movies. So of Refin's catalog, which I think is about seven movies now, uh, and he has an a- Amazon series coming out soon that I'm excited for. I think the most horror film one is Neon Demon. And That's one of the ones I've I seen. Fucking love that movie. Cool. And if you have not seen that movie, you fucking must see that movie. It is everything I love. It's so fucking weird and beautiful and disturbing and disgusting at times. Metaphorically disgusting, literally disgusting. Like it. Oh yeah, the you like body horror. Yeah. I love body horror. It is so fucking my lane. I, I had love a... Refin. I love that movie. That's my recommendation. I had a good experience watching that in theaters. A very, I had quite an experience yeah. watching that on my own in theaters. I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah, stuck with me. I, you know, I'll go. I go back to that movie. The, you know, there's not a ton of movies that I go back to a lot, but that one, Under the Skin, like body horror shit with like interesting female leads and like beautiful visuals like fucking i'm and in pro- the setting of living in la too and it, yeah 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 all Definitely. that yeah my recommendation after uh well it, it came about this episode when you were saying you know you're kind of bored with tv because there's mm-hmm. a formula to it and it's all that i i feel you and like with that's why yeah. when people are like oh yeah you gotta watch this it's the greatest show ever kind of thing i'm kind of like well i'm sure it's great and that's but then i usually want to watch something like you know, bad or stupid because right. of just as a response to it. But what I actually want to watch, which is okay, blah, 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 blah. I don't know what I'm saying now. Anyways, I recommend <laughs> Dead uh, Twin Peaks: The Return as an anecdote, as an anit anecdote, not anecdote, as an antidote to um ah uh, an antidote antidote. Thank you to uh, the formulaic sure. blase ness that we've fallen <laughs> into of like. TV has this is the structure you have your opening act da, 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 right, da. Right. you know and there's like an editing pacing and stuff too but my pitch for Twin Peaks The Return is kind of is, is always if whatever the original Twin Peaks did for television back in the early 90s late mm-hmm. 80s like as far as sort of spoofing soap opera and then giving us a whole new now it's now it's everything is more like what old Twin Peaks yeah. was as far as the possibilities of TV. That's what new Twin Peaks is doing for television now. Ooh. Where it feels like it's spoofing this sort of like or self-awareing Twin Peaksing, whatever you'd call it. Yeah. This this um this kind of mode of like kind of like drama i don't i don't know this kind of like hbo sure like well shot kind of you know what a lot yeah, of yeah. shows are um interesting it takes everything about it, it i don't even know if it's i don't even know if how if how much david lynch and mark frost actually watch and are directly influenced they must do just enough 
research or have just mm-hmm. enough awareness. But to someone like you, Tim, which I hope is other people out there like myself, who's just like, give us something. I want something else. T- Twin Peaks, the return takes us another 20 years in the future. Cool. Pacing wise, feel wise, everything. Check it out. And uh, because I'm a fan, it's hard for me not to recommend watching all the originals and the uh, Firewalk with me TV show first. Yeah, definitely. But just do whatever you have to can to watch the return. <laughs> awesome man <laughs> all right it's your turn i feel like it's always my turn how is that possible because you did okay do you remember pulling planet of the vampires no, i think i did I, you're right you're, I, I you're know, right you're I know right for a fact you did ghost stories i think it's because i'm always holding the hat yeah <laughs> i think that i've pulled every time but i just hold all right hat. next episode Ooh, 23 it's, it's a long one too Okay. It might just be notes. You can just read the name of the... Another recommendation, I guess recommendation, from your friend Peter Warden of Retro Reviews, Arnold. Arnold. I have no idea what this is. I don't really either. It's this one that I know (laughs) is hard to find, but I think had some sort of like impact on him as a kid of being, uh, of maybe actually being scary. I don't okay. know. P- Peter doesn't let on a lot as to where he's coming from when he says something, but uh, it may be one we'll have to. This is going to be hard to find because even when you just put in Arnold movie, it's only Arnold Schwarzenegger stuff. So we gotta, <laughs> I we found it on it Google before. You know, type in Arnold <laughs> Arnold film. Maybe it's from the seventies. Um, maybe we can get. Uh, yep, yeah, and that's my friend Peter. He has a podcast called Retro Reviews. Oh, it's seventy three. Okay, I found it. Cool. And uh, he's actually the one we were hoping to maybe do our first uh, cross. Oh man, <laughs> the poster looks amazing. Peter, we were hoping to maybe do our first uh, crossover episode with with his podcast. Oh, cool. Maybe this is the one that maybe. we'll uh, reach out to him for. I don't know. Retro Reviews. They um, review movies between nineteen eighty and made ten years ago. Cool. So I guess this one is not that. I'll tell you the tagline. Arnold is dead and a newlywed. Don't miss his honeymoon. Eight murders and Arnold is the suspect. It like almost started like it was going to be a little <laughs> rhyming scheme. But... Nope. <laughs> it looks hilarious. Well, Planet of the Vampires we found on Amazon. I thought it might be harder to find. It was on Amazon. Arnold will actually be hard to find. Let's hope one of the video stores has it. I think... Peter yeah. said it might have been all on YouTube. At oh, one shit. Point. <laughs> well, should be interesting. All right. Two in succession of uh, recommendations from um, our friends and fans. So we hope they tune in and we hope, uh, well, we're, we're getting it done. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, if you didn't already find us at dismemberinghorror.com, you can find us at dismemberinghorror.com. And Instagram and our names at uh, Twitter and all those fun things. Our names what? Uh, you're Ryan McDuffie. Oh, I'm at Mayor McDuffie. I thought you meant oh, yeah, Dismembering at, Horror. That's true. Because those are different, the Twitter Mayor and Instagram. McDuffie, M-C-D-U-F-F-I-E. Mm-hmm. Tim is at Tim Aslin. That's right. A-S-L-I-N. <laughs> but our Dismembering Horror uh, handles are different for Instagram and Twitter. That's right. Twitter is DisHorrorPod. And Instagram is just Dismembering Horror. Yep. Yeah, come have a chat. Thanks for watching this not-Soviet film with us. <laughs> yeah. Or hearing us talk about it. It was a good one. Arn, if you're listening, thank you. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this journey to Planet of the Vampires. We'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>